Hello, good morning. Welcome to Contravariance. I'm Benedict. And I'm Bas. Good morning. And we do the Swift in the Morning podcast. Wow, it is morning again, right? Yes, so. it is. Although I arrived a bit late today, so uh, because there was so much traffic on the street. As well as not as it's not Monday morning, it's Tuesday morning this yeah, time. Yeah, weird. Yeah, like every red light I passed was red. Like oh, that. Yeah. So it's it's like when you're in the supermarket and you like queue up at the like the shortest line, and it always takes the longest. Even if you then take the longer line once, because then hey, that will be faster, right? And yeah. it won't. There's actually, I think, a name for that, law of something. Like, I think for everything, there's somebody who picked it up first and it, it's named after him. It's his law. I forgot which one it is. But I think there's a law of the supermarket lines. If any of the listeners know um, what's the name of the law of the supermarket lines is, uh, feel free to send us a tweet uh, for the next episode. That's a good idea. So, Bas, uh, how have you been doing? You were on vacation. Oh, I was on vacation. Yeah, so I've been on vacation last week. Um, and it's been like the weather has been wonderful. So it was actually really nice because I wasn't really expecting that. Um, and I had a lot of free time. Uh, so I went cycling and I went walking and I went golfing and it was an, an all around great time. So well, that sounds really nice. nice. And it's also nice to be back again and have some new ideas and some refreshed, um, things to do. So, uh, yeah, no complaints here. Nice. What about you? You've been you've been gone for a while. Yeah, I uh, I was in Tokyo. I attended a conference there, and it was fantastic. It was my first time in Japan, and um, as many people know, Japan is a very interesting country. the The culture is very different from what a Western country is like, so that makes it much more interesting. And I found a couple of things like they had a tomato beer. I haven't tried that, but I, I have it on my list of things I want to try. Even though I'm not because I like tomatoes, I'm afraid that after that I don't like tomatoes anymore. Um, and there's, I went to a lot of toy stores in Akihabara, which is their, their, their geek central, where there were lots of figurines of anime um, and manga persons, and um, there were a lot of really interesting, crazy toys. And something I didn't expect was that Gundam, like these huge robots, they were insanely popular like I, I thought they were probably popular but not that popular that was crazy and th did you also find some sweets or <laughs> so <laughs> i'm i'm a huge fan of japanese kit kats um which is um the japanese have like 400 different varieties of kit kats in a lot of different flavors like kit kat wasabi and um, kit kat roasted soybean and uh, kit kat sake sake is like rice um, rice alcohol and so um, i'm a huge fan of these but it's difficult to buy them in europe you can order them online and it's tricky and so oh, that's why i kind of I bought a bit, so I'm, maybe I went a bit overboard. Um, there's, I posted a picture on Twitter, and we will link it in the show notes, I guess, where you can see I bought I, I bought a huge amount of sweets. <laughs> Actually, talking about it, Buzz, you haven't had any of those yet, and I brought sweets for you. Those, This is a collection of Kit Kats. You don't have to try them now, obviously, but here you have Kit Kat Wasabi, roasted soybean. I don't know what that is, and that is a special kind of tea, I think. I, I can't read the let letters, right? So Wow. Well, you say you can't read the letters, but you did learn some Japanese, right? Yeah, so what I did was I um, I looked into the alphabet. And uh, so the Japanese use three different alphabets. Uh, there's hiragana, katakana, and kanji. And I learned the hiragana. Um, but only just knowing how to read the letters doesn't really help you understanding the words, right? And so I can only lead, read one third of the letters, which is even worse. Like there's still half of that I don't get. So yeah, it doesn't help much. All right. Um, 
Yeah, so so you've been to Japan. You will go back to Japan as well. So uh, that's, yeah, that's really nice. And and what did you do? Like, at what conference did you speak? <laughs> so I uh, attended a Android conference. That was kind of a first for me. And um, now some listeners might think, well, this you're doing Swift, so why Android? And um, th what happened was that um, I did some research into sharing code among um, because here at Xing, where um, Bas and I work, um, we have a iOS app, a Android app, and a Windows app. And the Windows app also has a lot of users. And so everything is invented a couple of times and written a couple of times. And we were thinking what ways are there to share code. And there are multiple ways. Like you can use um, React Native, you can use maybe Flutter. Um, some people also write uh, shared code in C++ and share it among, um, among libraries. And something I looked into was to use Rust, which is a language that looks a lot like Swift or Kotlin, um, to write shared code in there and share it because the cross-platform story of Rust is really good. And I just looked into that and then it's decided to submit a talk based on that and it was accepted and so that's how I made it into a Android conference. So as an iOS developer going to an Android conference talking about Rust. Yes. That's that's an achievement. That's an yeah. achievement. Yeah, it was interesting because everybody was th thought I was doing Android development. I was like no no I'm a Swift developer and they were like what are you doing here? <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right before we actually go on to the, the main topics of today um, I don't know if any listeners heard it at this point, but we actually have a new microphone. Um, so I got a Blue Yeti and I'm really actually, I'm really curious to see the, about the audio quality. We didn't have as much setup time this morning, so hopefully it will be even better next time. And hopefully it also won't be worse this time, which I'm sure it won't. So uh, I'm really looking forward to, to figuring out this, this microphone and, and having some better audio quality. And it just looks really cool as well. Yeah, so. it's, it's huge. It's really big. Yeah. Um, also, uh, something you might also have picked up is that the intro changed. And so what changes, we are now in season two of Contravariance. Yay! And so this is episode 201. And um, we did some changes to the podcast and to the format. And um, the first thing is that um, we will start um, tweeting questions. Yeah, so the idea is that we... Uh, we'll, we'll try to involve uh, you as a listener more and, and see if we can like, uh, get some input from, from all of you that are listening and take that, that with us in the podcast so we can discuss uh, a, a topic or something we are interested in hearing from you uh, and, and taking that into the podcast to have a little bit more variety and a little bit more input than just us two. And another thing we want to do is um, that you can tweet us your takeaway of the week. So if you found, because we have a variety of topics here, if you found that a certain topic was really interesting for you, then that helps us for future episodes, obviously. But we will also uh, maybe go into that in, in another episode and just mention that that was the takeaway that was most interesting. So you can send us your takeaway of the week that you get out of this podcast and help make this uh, podcast better doing that. We should you, We should be a bit careful with the of the week thing because I have yeah. a, I have a certain uh, <laughs> newsletter um, <laughs> of, of that week. <laughs> um, right. And then one last thing is we actually also wanted to discuss uh, like an interesting project that we've seen uh, in the last before this recording time frame time frame um, and and go like basically explain it to ourselves like I would take something and explain it to Bene and, and the other way around, and then you can learn uh, about a cool project as well. Yeah, so it, basically it's uh, we, we pick an interesting Swift or related project and showcase it that we, that we found and thought that it's worth sharing. 
So do we want to start with that, Buzz? Um, well, let's start with the topics and then do that at the end. Okay, let's do it. Um, so yeah, you're listening to Contravariant, so you will go back to Japan because you... You know, you know, it's been so long since you've been there. Well, I'm almost out of sweets, so I uh, need to need to buy new ones. No, so I will um, I will give a talk um, at the TriSwift conference in Tokyo about KeyPath. Nice. Yes. Have you been to TriSwift before? I think not, right? No, no, I haven't. Oh, it's so you're gonna you're gonna have an amazing time. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Really, really looking forward to it. I was a bit sad because, like, I've been in in New York twice now, and I love, love, love New York. And I've been there twice for TriSwift, right? And I hope to get back this year. Um, but I also like really, really wanted to go to Japan and also for TriSwift because it's it's such a such an amazing conference. Mm. Um, and then unfortunately some things came up and I can't, like I won't be able to attend this year, um, but I want to make it again, <laughs> like a really like high priority to, to go there next year. So let's, yeah, it, let's keep the fingers crossed. It would have been fun if you had would be there this year because it would have been the first time since we initially met that, would be, that we would be on the same conference. Um, however, however, I hear it's, this is happening later this year. Uh, this could be the case, yes. What did you hear, Bene? I, I heard that uh, there's a, uh, a certain conference in the Netherlands, your, your home country, where uh, I will uh, be going and you will be going. This is correct. Ah. And, and what is this conference called then? It's called uh, Swift Island. Ah, and where is it? It's on uh, Tessel. It's a Dutch island. Yes, so uh, it's actually really cool because Bene and I will both be mentoring at Swift Island um, in July. And for those of you that don't know Swift Island, it's a conference that started last year. Um, and it's being organized by some of the people from uh, Coco Heads as well, which is really, they, they actually have a really cool setup in the Netherlands with, with live streams of their meetups and, and recordings and everything. So that's really cool. And last year they uh, tried this the first time after uh, the organizers actually went to... Um, Swift Alps. Swift Alps in, in Switzerland, and they really liked the idea. Um, and they started Swift Island, uh, which is on an island. And, like, it's really uh, relaxed and really, like, pair programming and, like, being together with all the attendees. And, and it's going to be really, really nice. Because I looked at the pictures, basically, on the website. And it was like, wow, this looks so much, like, so much fun. And then, um, yeah, we were invited to, to mentor there. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Me too. The funny thing is that for me, um, my parents were afraid of flying and my parents were also afraid of kind of like driving far distances because that was back in the days without GPS and everything and they were, had troubles with maps. And so one of their friends took them to Tessel, like when they were still, when they was a new, newlywed couple. So they knew the way to Tessel. And for them that was, oh, this is a nice place for a vacation. And so for the rest of their, their days, basically, they just went to that same place every year for vacation. And that was like three times a year. So my I spent most of my youth vacation on Tessel. Like we would go there four times a year and um, spent like one or two weeks there. And so I, I really know that island from having been there so many times. But the last time I went there was when I was 15, I think. So that's, um, that's almost 25 years ago. So it's really interesting to see what changed and what it looks like now. So for me, that's also going to be really interesting with, uh, with all the memories of things I did with my parents back there. So uh, this will also probably be a very emotional uh, visit for me. Yeah. And 
I actually like this morning. I was actually looking at like uh, golfing courses on Tesla <laughs> to potentially stay a bit longer <laughs> and uh, and go for a run of golf. So yeah, it's super super exciting. Um, so that's coming up in in July. And the idea about Swift Island as well is like it's a month after WWDC, which is also like it's gonna be there like, relatively yeah, soon before yeah, we know time it. Time flies. Um, but the idea then is to like cover some of the topics from WWDC and really go hands-on with, with those topics. Um, so also really excited about WWDC in regards to that because that will partially like uh, have an effect on, on what we'll be doing in, at Swift Island. So maybe we can go into that in a later episode, like what we expect from, from uh, WWDC this year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we can do a, a pre-dubbed-up episode. That sounds yeah. sounds like a good idea. Where, where all my hopes come up and only to be destroyed a week later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you never know. Maybe you will also be surprised by one or two things. Yeah, I doubt I'll see um, touchpads for the keyboards on the iPads. <laughs> <laughs> you I... never know. You never know. You also predicted, quote-unquote, Swift, so hey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe you ran out of luck when you predicted that. <laughs> well, well, see, there I was kind of certain something would happen, and now I'm kind of certain nothing will happen. So, <laughs> I so. mean, then it also can't like you won't be disappointed if you think nothing will happen. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, I won't be. I will be. Yeah, I would just love this to be the case, but it won't. Okay. Um, do Do we have anything else to talk about before we go into the uh, projects that we've we've ran into? Um, I can briefly mention, remember that um, you graciously lent me your keyboard for the iPad. Right. I totally forgot. See? And I'm looking at it now. Yes, and yes. Uh, yeah, you should so I give it back to, at some time. Yes. I, I tried to use it in a productive manner. And so for me, the problem is I don't do Node, de- like I don't do JavaScript development, obviously. I don't do Python development. So there are a couple of interpreters that run on the iPad that you can use, but I don't, I don't have a use case for any of those. And um, now you can use Swift Playgrounds, but there's only a limited set of Swift that you can use. Like you can't use the Swift Package Manager, um, you can't use CocoaPods, you can't build Mac apps. So it's also kind of limited in, in, in what you do. You can't really imagine you want to write a static site generator that needs folders with content and so on. That's already very tricky. You can't really use Git. So it's it's limited and it it works and some things work, but it's so cumbersome that it's also not very useful for me. What I need is a real terminal. And there's this project that does that by doing some very crazy emulation to run a terminal on an iPad. So, and I thought, oh, wow, no, then I, I can at least, I can use Clang and write C code because I have this C project. So that's what I tried. But um, the problem is even that doesn't work well because um, due to the way that Apple prohibits um, write emulation on iOS, this is still so slow that compiling the project takes two seconds on my MacBook and 20 seconds on the iPad. And it's that's just not feasible. Like for a 1,000 line C project, waiting 20 seconds for compiling is it's not not really the way to go. I mean, it's not ideal, but we are used to something with Swift. Yeah, at least. I know. But but if you want to do bigger projects, that's tricky. Yes. So so I I could do some work, but fundamentally I didn't really. So what I did instead, I have this this Surface clone that also runs Clang and it runs Swift and it runs Rust in a really nice way. Um, it has a crappy touchpad, but I mean this thing doesn't have a touchpad at all. So uh, I'm not losing anything. So for me, the iPad is still not usable as a productive in a productive manner. It's yeah. a consumption device, and I'm still waiting for Apple to do something. But then again, for many professions it is like if you do artistic stuff if you do music stuff then you can already use it in an fantastic manner it's just for developers if you do podcasting yeah yeah, yeah so the so 
just to mention that uh, because I don't think you did, it's like it's the the 10.5 inch iPad Pro keyboard that Vena tested mm. on the 10.5 inch iPad. Obviously. On the 10.5 inch iPad, yeah. yeah. Um, also, I don't like the keyboard that much. I have to say, um, I'll, typing on it is not as nice as on other Apple keyboards. So it's less nice than the the, the hated MacBook Pro one. I feel like I I would rather type on the MacBook Pro one the um, with the butterfly switches, but I would much rather type on the old style one that I still have on my MacBook Air 11 inch. That's interesting. I actually like the keyboard. Like I like both keyboards. So maybe I'm just weird, but I, I like the the keyboard. But I I guess it's also like you really have to get used to it because it is it is different from from what you might expect from others. Yeah. Um. One thing maybe maybe we can like I want to predict. Well, not predict one thing, but you mentioned like, ah, we don't have X, we can't build Mac, Mac mm-hmm. apps and whatever. Maybe, just maybe, we will get Xcode on iPad. I, Probably not this year, but who knows? I'm 100% sure there will be Xcode on iPad, maybe even this year, but it will. if it will come, it will only allow building uh, iOS apps. Maybe WatchOS, maybe TVOS, but I suppose it's only iOS apps and nothing else. I mean, I think that's fair like yeah, that yeah, yeah. probably Absolute, makes absolutely. makes sense absolutely uh, but it's it will still will not make this machine a full development environment you still won't be able to let's say to build a, build a project that mixes swift with some javascript because you need something there it will still make it difficult to mix um, swift with something written in c or something in objective c i also suppose the xcode here will not run uh, a lot objective c so um, it, it will still be a limited environment mm-hmm. and by far not as flexible as the setups you can do on a Mac where you can maybe, you have, for example, there are iOS projects that use uh, CMake um, instead and to just generate an Xcode project. And then you can use it in Xcode, but you can basically, you have a make file and, and stuff like that will probably not fly on here. <laughs> I may be wrong, but I doubt it. I, I actually doubt that we will get Xcode just because of those reasons. Like it will by design like it, it will be limited and i'm wondering if apple wants to like make that like they knowing that it will be limited that they will still go for it but hey who knows maybe it will have a different name so it will be it will be called xcode but the one on the mac will be called xcode pro or xcode max or xcode plus <laughs> wow wow <laughs> all right so we are actually on a bit of a limited time schedule today so uh why don't we go cool. into into the, the picks Picks. Okay, so I picked the project of the week-ish. Yes. So um, some episodes ago, we talked about scripting in Swift and the problems um, that um, that it enco- uh, that you have there. Um, and there's a really nice project by Max Howell, um, who is the person that um, initially wrote um, the ho- wrote Homebrew and uh, initially was employed uh, by Apple to work on the Swift Package Manager, and it's called Swift SH. And it's a, pro- it's a project that you um, that you can, we will link it in the show notes, um, that you can install, and it will integrate with Swift on your system. And then you can write a one-file Swift script, and um, you will add some comments. Let's say you want to import PromiseKit, and you will add a comment. Um, you will annotate the PromiseKit import with a comment that says where to find it on GitHub. Um, and then when you run the script, it will automatically download PromiseKit, put it in a cache and run the script. And so you can basically write a full Swift script with dependencies 
in one file and you you are still running Swift. You just executed with Swift, so you're not running something weird. And it will basically execute it for you and run it in, in all. It's, it's a perfect solution for the problem of writing a Swift in script and having dependencies, which so far wasn't really possible. And this is a really, really nice project. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in scripting with Swift, let's say you want to write tooling for your code base or something else, and, and that was kind of difficult for you so far because um, of all the, the issues, then Swift SH by Mac Howell is a really great solution and you should look into it. That sounds really cool. One question, because I think John Sandell wrote Marathon, which is similar. Mm. What, what is different? So um, Marathon basically generates, you, you run Marathon and Marathon then creates a Swift package manager project and basically builds the dependencies in there. Um, and then you can run Marathon to um, to execute the script. So you can say Marathon run and then the script, but you first have to import it into Marathon, basically. And this really is, the script is just a file. Mm -hmm. So like you would say, you have a Python script, let's say bus.py, and you run Python, empty space, uh, bus.py, and it will run. And exactly. in this case, you would do Swift bus.swift, and it will be run and it will do the dependency stuff and so on. We should check this out also for our tooling. Yes, for... Um, Masse. Yes, for Masse. Cool. Um, so I wanted to quickly talk about a project that was recently open sourced, and that's the backend of SwiftTalk. So SwiftTalk, for those of you that don't know, uh, maybe also better known like via the website objectivec.io, objc.io, um, by Chris and Florian. Um Like they open sourced their backend, uh, which was actually previously written in Ruby, but they rewrote it to Swift. And uh, I think it's really cool to see those those uh, people starting to work on on Swift on a server, um, working with Linux and 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 finding finding bugs there. I'm sure Apple is happy with it. Um, and it's really cool to to have those resources to look look into that because. I'm really curious to see where it's going. Uh, like another good example, I think, is the Point Free website. And now we also have Swift Talk, so I think that's really cool. Mm, that's really nice, yeah. And it's, I feel um, since Swift on the server is still so young, it's good to have projects that you can look into as examples to understand better how it works and, and to have more example code. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and for just just to like have more people working on it to... like have someone to reach out to uh, and, and like you said, have code to hmm. quote unquote reach out to, to look into and for Apple to just find those edge cases that yeah. that haven't been found yet. Or for the community. I, I think a lot of the Swift on other platforms that is Linux or Android or Windows is done more by the community. Um, and as, like Swift on Linux, for example, is there's a lot of work being done by IBM for Kitura. Yes. So they, they've invested heavily in Swift on Linux. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's the community really that shapes this. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Swift on Windows is is also super interesting. We might go into that at a later yeah, point in as a well. Different episode, yeah, because that has has some interesting like developments recently as well. Yeah, and huge implications. Yeah. All right, so I think that about sums it up for this episode. I, w I wanted to say week, but for this episode, <laughs> yeah. I will. Um, I have one thing to share, and that is um, something from Tokyo. Uh, and that is, we went to a, a, a arcade in in Tokyo, where you have all these these games mm -hmm. where you play stuff. And there's one game in Tokyo that I saw in an arcade, and then in another arcade. And so the the thing is, um, you are a train conductor in Tokyo. That is the game. So you have the train, and you you have the you can 
define the power, like how fast your train stops, uh, rides, and then you stop again in, in each station. And the, the, the game is basically to stop in the right moment so right. that your train is not too fast or not too slow. And so this might... Su it already sounded boring to me. I th I, it might sound also boring to listeners. But the crazy thing is, I saw this as an old version with really old graphics. And then we went to an, a different arcade. And we saw that game again with really modern 3D graphics. So the old version was go going so well that it was worse creating a new version with much better graphics because it's played so well. So this <laughs> seems to be really not just a, a side phenomenon, but people really seem to play that. I mean, it sounds simple. I wouldn't say it sounds boring. It's more like it sounds simple, but it's like, yeah, that could be, could be addicting. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. So okay. thanks for listening this week. Um, before we sign off, um, like Bena mentioned already, we would love to hear from you, like one of your main takeaways or one of the things you really liked uh, from this episode. Um, and you can reach out to us on Twitter um, at Contravariance? No, underscore contravariance? Underscore contravariance. Yes. And um, if you have feedback for us, how to make this uh, podcast better or focus on this episode, we will also we would also like to see um, iTunes comments, uh, iTunes reviews, um, where we can easily see um, how to improve this podcast. Yeah, I, or you can you can also just leave a rating, right? So yeah, that would also be very much appreciated. Yeah. All right. Okay, so that's it. That's it. It was a nice uh, episode, Bus, and um, I hope the listeners enjoyed it. And uh, see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.